0: Welcome to the Engineering Emotions and Energy podcast. I am your host, Justin Wink. Today, we're going to be talking about going beyond average. How can you upgrade your life and go beyond what you maybe have been doing for a really long time? Because I had a big realization that I had been running a program that has been around probably for 25 plus years, and I immediately did something about it. I went and started reading Michael Bernoff's book, Average Sucks. Uh, Some of you that have heard me before, those of you not, Michael Bernoff is the best communicator probably in the world, arguably, and he's been an immense influence in my life uh, since I started working with him about six years ago, and he just released his first book uh, this week, so it came out on Tuesday and I already started reading it and I didn't even get through the first chapter before I immediately had to take action on something. And that something was, uh, if you're watching this on the uh, Facebook live stream, you can see that completely new view from my camera. Cause before I had my desk so that it was facing the wall and my back would be to the door in the center of the room. And I really, the past couple of weeks, cause been working from home, as many of you have, I was just starting to dread being in this office in my house. You know, I it's like all I could do was cause I had to be working, I would be there. But then when okay, it's quitting time, I gotta get out of here. I can't stand the space. There's just something about it I don't like anymore. And it's like, but I got things to do. I got a business I wanna work on, I got some podcast to record. I got some audios I need to edit and master and get released and things like that. And, you know, the office with the multi-monitor setup and my desktop computer is the best environment for that. Yet, like just the, the feng shui, if you will, is just awful. And so I'm reading Michael Barnoff's book, Average Sucks, and he's talking about how when he was in high school, he worked really hard to be a phenomenal hockey player but never really got any better than being average, no matter how hard he worked. And he didn't really become a really good hockey player until just a few years ago when he realized that he'd always had the mindset that he was not a scorer, he was a shooter. And then when he kind of said, well, let me pretend to be someone who scores goals instead of someone who shoots goals, he started scoring goals. And just by that mindset, he got better and better and realized like, well, wait, I, I'm a scorer. And now he's you know, scores two to three goals every time he plays hockey with some really good hockey players, you know, people that probably went on to play college and things like that, which he never he never did. And it was all just on, you know, how do you see yourself? And it that connected with me that my office setup, I'm running an old program because I've been having office setups like that since I was I was in high school. You know, and I'd have a desk in my my room growing up. And it would be against the wall because, you know, when you're a kid or you're in college and you got your computer set up and your desk, you probably also have to fit a bed in there. So there just really isn't that space to have the desk away from the wall and facing the door. And I realized that, you know, watching Michael Burnoff do podcasts, I've even gotten to see his office at his Human Communications Institute. And then I'm also watching Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley. He's doing uh live events from you know his his uh his home office and they both have very similar things and i've seen other very successful very prominent influential speakers with very similar s- setups and the thing they all have in common that i noticed was that behind them is immaculate and often they've got some books in view and they can easily a- access books so like, you know, I can now I can now do this. I just pulled out a book on on influence that I recently got re-recommended cuz I actually read this book about 20 years ago when visiting Hawaii, the Big Island for the first time with a college roommate. We stayed there for 3 weeks because his uncle had a house there, so we had a free place to stay. So we just had to get there. And so I had 3 weeks and we had like no money, so I <laughs> ended up realizing that three weeks is way too fucking long to be on an island if you don't have money to do much. But I got a lot of reading done, and this was one of the books I read. And so I'm excited to read it again, because this is the revised edition. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, really cool, crazy stuff I get out of it round two. Well, the reason I bring up that is that I was finding it really hard with the way I had the desk set up to, you know, one, it was cluttered, and two, I didn't have the things that mattered to me as accessible, and I was just really not enjoying the workspace. And I realized, like, I am running the office desk setup program of an 18-year-old, and I'm not an 18-year-old. It's, you know, much, much later now. I'm 39 years old. I have a dedicated office. I don't have to fit a room with a bed and a desk and a couch or whatever. I have more rooms. I have a bedroom and now I have an office room. And so, whoa, what if I set up my office like an office where the desk is away from the wall. And so I can, I can now actually, uh, I'll I'll show the people at home. Like I, I have a, I have a window and I have, uh, a view that is actually, um, you know, (laughs) there's trees and shit out there. It's delightful. And I, when I before moved around all the furniture around, I, you know, mock, you know, sat how I would sit as if the office is how it is now. And I was looked out the window and I started tearing up. I'm like, it's so beautiful. I can see trees and I can see the sky. Cause for a lot of my work life and living life, it's like, if I'm at the computer, the world is the computer. There's uh, there was no way. It was like I was an elephant that was stake trained. If you're not familiar with that concept, it's that you got a baby elephant and you put a stake in the ground, chain the elephant to that. And, you know, the elephant can only go, you know, the five or 10 feet in a diameter circumference around that stake. And what's interesting is that you can continue when the elephant is larger and the elephant doesn't try to break the chain or pull the stake out of the ground because it has been trained that it's a it's not going to happen even though now the elephant is much bigger and has way more strength than the stake and the chain could ever hope to keep the elephant tied there yet because it's become a force of habit. And I realized that I just had a force of habit that I just go, I stare at the wall, I do my computing things, there's nothing out of it. Until I read Michael Burnoff's book and just, hey, can you view yourself as being something different than what you've been so that you're not doing average, you're doing above average. And I feel so much better, so much more excited to be in this space. And I've got, you know, more things on the way. I'm going to like, currently I got a dual monitor uh, set up. Actually, it's like three monitors because I have a work laptop, I got a main monitor, and then I have a secondary monitor. And so it's all monitors. It's ridiculous. I have no space on the desk to actually read, write, journal, anything without moving a whole bunch of junk around. And so now I'm excited. I've, I've got a, ordered a brand-new monitor that's going to come that's, you know, I only need one monitor, and I'll put it on a, one of these ARM things um, so that I can move it around and get it out of the way. And so I could actually have a desk where if I wanted to journal or I could sit across from somebody and we could both, you know, do a puzzle. We've been doing puzzles lately. Um, thanks to uh, my, my wife's mom, she got us some puzzles. So we got puzzles to do. We'd actually have a space to do it. So it's really interesting how just these little mindset shifts can bust open the doors for new possibilities, new habits, new ways of being. And I haven't even finished the first chapter of this book yet, Average Sucks, so... I'm really excited, uh, even though I've been working with them for six years, it's always amazing to kind of relearn material that you already know, but in new ways and new formats, because there's a different part of the mind that gets activated. And so I'm kind of really excited to go through in this material that a lot of it, I'll probably go like, hey, that seems like familiar, and it's going to hit me in another way, which is why I always like to come on here and share the material I learned with you guys, because even though you can you know I I always like to share you know my teachers and my mentors where I get it from and you, I definitely encourage you to go check with them but I'm probably going to be uniquely able to communicate certain items to you that you'll just boom get it cuz I'll deliver it in a way that it just it just hits you cuz yesterday I was uh, actually in a talk that was uh is basically about the neuroscience of mindfulness and how it relates to us being calm and how it relates to us being focused. As uh, so a doctor, um, she's out of, I believe, the University of Miami or University of Florida. Uh, I could get the exact exact details. Um, and she brought up a study that was done on the effectiveness of uh, mindfulness training, um, which is basically something I'm, I've been getting into with my perfect life meditation. And so the, the question was, is it more important to be an expert trainer in a mindfulness art, or is it better to be a context uh, expert? Which means that you are someone who is really good at, you know, the you, you basically know the people you're teaching to, you know where they come from, you know what they're all about. And so the study was done with, I believe it was with Marines. And so they brought in uh, an individual who was a master meditation teacher for 25 years, 25 years experience. And they brought in a psychologist uh, military psychologist. So, you know, someone who'd been working with Marines, you know, for his career, but hadn't really, you know, done much mindfulness training, you know, himself or taught ever before. And so, they had a, a mindfulness program that they taught both of these these individuals. One was a master trainer and then one was just a military psychologist. And they trained them the, the technique and then they went and they taught two different groups of Marines. And they thought, yeah, you know, maybe it'd be about equal or you know, they they weren't really sure exactly how, but the Marines that were taught by the context expert, the the psychologist, had phenomenal results, whereas those that were taught by the master mindfulness teacher, they almost got no benefit from doing the training, just they couldn't connect with the material, they couldn't connect with the person. So, the takeaway from the study was that it's more important that someone has the context of the audience to which they're teaching than that they maybe are a master at the the material that they're trying to teach, which I thought was just phenomenal. Um, So, it's more important, and this is something that, you know, in my experience of trying to learn something, get help with things, because, you know, I've gone to therapy, I've gone to... uh like therapy groups and 12-step groups, uh, mostly Al-Anon, and, you know, meditation groups and things like these, which the first time you go to any of these things, it's awkward, it's weird, it's annoying. One of the things I always like to tell people is go to the person or go to the group that is the least annoying for you. It's all going to be annoying. It's all going to be weird. It's all going to be awkward. Just pick the one that seems like the least weird for you. And that is likely going to be, the context is going to be more similar because when I was going to Al-Anon meetings, I would find it much more comfortable if the group of people was very similar to like the kind of people that I'd interacted with, you know, growing up, going to school, things like that, or similar socioeconomic background. It was least annoying to me. Um, These people would still get on my nerves, yet compared to if it was, uh, different socioeconomic either you know much higher much lower i just i just couldn't relate and it was you know, even more challenging for me to get the material and so that's something i encourage everyone you know if you're trying to get into something uh make it as easy cuz when it's easier you're more likely to do it again and again and it really is that little bit of repetition over time which is going to be beneficial so we're going to wrap up So Average Sucks, Michael Burnoff, great read so far, highly recommend it. I'm in my new space. I've got brand new um, accessibility to my books and my journals here. So if I'm, you know, taking some some trainings, it's going to be a lot easier for me to write it down and then share it with you guys. So I think we're in a really good space going forward for Emotions Engineering and for the Engineering Emotions and Energy podcast. Really excited to share a lot of stuff because just got done doing a 10-day meditation challenge. My first one uh, ever. And the participants, they reported phenomenal results. Um, One woman, she said she'd never been a morning person ever before. And she liked waking up and found that the last two weeks just sped by. And she was really enjoying her life a whole lot more. And that's the kind of stuff that I love doing for people. And I'm looking forward to doing more and more of it. So, um, going to have some new, uh, some new meditation products coming out that we'll be announcing soon. So if you don't want to miss out, um, go to e-motionsengineering.com, um, uh, sign up and also check us out on Facebook at Emotions Engineering, uh, follow us there and be curious what's something that you realize that maybe you've been way too average lately, like You look back and you're like, I've been doing the same thing for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and I don't even know why I started doing it that way, but it's it's a habit. And you know that if you slightly did it differently, you might get phenomenal results because like, I just rearranged my room, and I've just got so much excitement, so much more energy compared to this morning where I was dreading having to come up here. <laughs> and do my podcast with i have a i know i have a ton of fun you know talking to you guys and sharing cool shit with so what's something that you maybe realize that you could do a slight tweak a slight little change switch it up Um, i'd love to hear about it so comment let me know and take care bye